0: We have a special edition of our podcast today. I'm Megan and I get to lead Kids Up House and normally when you listen to our podcast you're listening to our recording of our Sunday morning service. But due to hopefully a providential snafu, we didn't get it recorded this week and now I'm sitting at a living room table and I'm reflecting back on yesterday and all that God has done and still want to share with you this particular message because I really think that it is a huge human desire to want to have a flourishing and fruitful life, and there is insight into this middle of Ephesians where we are in this series to how to access not only a fruitful life, but to find a new source for love and power that I just didn't want you to miss out on. So we're going to sit together. Normally, if you were to join us on a Sunday morning, right before the message is delivered, you would hear the scripture spoken slowly. So that you would have time to let God's Spirit speak to you and draw out to your attention words and phrases, things that he's speaking to you out of the past week, a way to be present to hear God's message when we gather. So I'm going to give you that opportunity today on the podcast. I'm going to start, if you'll just take a deep breath, we're going to start by hearing God's word. And I, I want to invite you to listen to the words or phrases that are already sticking out to you before I tell you what's been sticking out to me. Hear God's word from Ephesians chapter three, beginning with verse 14. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. For those of you who don't live in Washington, I need to bring you into the context of what today feels like to get into this passage. The weather here changed really dramatically over this past week. I'm a gardener, so that meant that for me, finally, first week of November, was the week that I had to go clean out the garden. I was just waiting, hoping for more fruit and flowers because it was not our best year. I had to throw away an entire wheelbarrow full of tomatillo plants that did nothing. Do you know why I grow tomatillos? Because I love salsa. I love salsa. I only ended up with one salsa ingredient this year, jalapenos. Jalapenos. First week of November, and my sweet little jalapeno plant is going on its second round. I dug up this jalapeno plant to have in front of us on a, on Sunday. So if you can just picture wherever you are right now, like a wilting, three-foot-tall jalapeno plant with like 14 jalapenos still trying to develop, then you've got a picture of what we want. <laughs> not a wilting plant but we want a bush full of jalapenos amen because it may not become salsa but god bless i just have enough southern in me to know about something called cowboy candy leave it to a southerner to decide to take jalapenos cut them up soak them in simple syrup and then just eat them like candy amen we're going to have we're going to have cowboy candy tonight at practicing the way because this fruit is awesome <laughs> and when we want good fruit Actually what we need early in the season is good roots. And that was our problem this year. The soil did not warm up in June or even July to give us good roots. No roots, no fruit. I think we all want to be fruitful. We want lives of purpose. On our worst days, we at least want lives that make us happy. And on our best days, we want to bring a lot of life to others. But we've got this problem. We actually are measuring a purposeful life, I think, in our day and age by the wrong measurements. We've, we are measuring love And this is an unusual word. We wouldn't use this word, but we measure power. Maybe you would prefer the word influence or success. And whether or not you're having a good or a fruitful life depends on the quality of the relationships that you have with friends or with family, um, whether or not you're succeeding at work. And I want to tell you, I think that's a good instinct. Love and power are core to human needs and human flourishing. And But I'm here to tell you that that's actually the underground work. Love and power are actually like the roots underground that you want to grow to have a fruitful life, to have a full life. Love and power are the root systems. They're not the fruit themselves. We're grasping for love and power. But that work of grasping for love and power is actually an underground work. It's a deep work within you the world tells you that you can go inside yourself and find it yourselves i i think in our scripture today i think points us to the fact that love and power is within you but not in the way you think how can we grasp love and power how can we live flourishing lives I think both of those questions are answered in our text today, and they're answered differently than we're experiencing in the world. And I think it's leading us to a crisis of fruitlessness in um, in our society, in our own individual lives. But I want us to sh- find a new source and actually be hopeful for more fruit than we are experiencing now. So let's look in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians. You've heard the author, Paul. He's wrestling for words. He's finding it difficult to to describe the love and the power that can be found when your life grows like a root system in God's life. A full life, I think we see in Ephesians 3, a full life grows out of a life rooted in God. And he's desperately trying to get us to comprehend this underground work of love and power that's actually God's work deep underground. I shared a couple of weeks ago that Paul preached praise this letter, right? Um, he, Paul's can't find the words to convince you with a bullet point just how full your life can be. So he doesn't try to preach the bullet points. Instead, he prays. So let's let this passage unfold for us as we see how the roots of love and power can grow in our lives and grow a life of purpose and a life of fruitfulness. He starts in 314 with For This Reason. He is breathlessly here in this moment returning to a prayer that started back in chapter one. It started with him blessing the Father. And then in chapter one, verse 15, we got our first For This Reason. The, the first continuation of why he was praying. And he said he's praying because he's heard about the love that this community has for Jesus and for their neighbors. And he wants them in prayer to grasp the power that is at work within them, this resurrection power. And he goes on for the rest of chapter one and chapter two, trying to get us to grasp, preach, praying our grasp of God's resurrection power. That power raised Jesus from the dead and it made us, the church, were defined by that resurrection power. Then in chapter 3, verse 1, he gets back to the prayer. He's like, oh yeah, sorry, I lost my, my way. Okay, now for this reason, I, Paul... A prisoner of christ jesus on behalf of you gentiles and then already he loses his train of thought again he's like hold on i was going to pray about the gentiles but maybe you didn't know that the gentiles were actually invited in to join and be part of the church so he goes on this excursus about how the power of god of jesus rising from the dead has made it possible for two different groups of people jews and non-jews to become one people and by accepting jesus as the savior that they've both been waiting for. And then he's, okay, now he's back. Okay, now that we've, we've been reminded that the church exists because of the power of the resurrection brings Jews and Gentiles together. Now, verse 14, for this reason, here he goes again. And he, um, he goes immediately into a posture of prayer. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named." Now this is interesting, his posture as he bows his knees. It would have been normative to say he's praying by falling prostrate, like falling on his face. That was a normative experience for encountering the living God to fall. Or maybe you've seen um, video of Jews at the Wailing Wall, like you could clasp your hands in prayer and pray. But this one's interesting, he bows his knees. He's taking a place of submission before a person of power. Before a king, Paul's got something he wants to see happen in his church plants, and he knows he can't do it. He can't preach it into being. He can't bullet point your understanding. So he bows and breathlessly begs the king with all the power to grant understanding to his church. Of, his, of God's love and power. But he doesn't say, I bow my knees before the king, right? He says, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So in this moment, he is simultaneously recognizing that God is the source of all power. He's bowing his knees and he's recognizing that God is the source of all love. He's the father before, every, before whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. If you want to get at true love and true power, you've got to get into God's presence. It's where it comes from. It's the deep root work. And then there in the, in the presence of God, all love and all power, he breathlessly prays for the church, what he wants to see happen that he he just cannot make happen on his own. This is what he prays that God may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He can't dwell there without the spirit it, that without the power of the spirit awake in your inner being, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength, there's that word again, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And uh, sorry, Paul, if you're reading in the NIV, you'll notice that the NIV fills in the end of the phrase for Paul. He's so breathless, he left off the phrase, like the length and breadth and height and depth of what? The NIV says of the love of God. He's just um, compelled by the love of God to run on it, praying and run-on sentence. He wants you to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Um, Paul, that's not possible. How do you know something that's actually surpassing knowledge? uh, He's breathless. He's without words here. Um, And all of that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God There's the fruit he's after, that full life bursting out of the church, the life where true love and power are grasped, the root system is deep enough that fullness can just burst out, not just for your own sake, but for the sake of your neighbors, this full and fruitful life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, it's one of our life verses for our church plant. Um, this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you would have life and life to the full. This is God's desire for you. It's Paul's desire for his church, and he can't make it happen. He's praying because only the Spirit of God can grant enough strength in your inner being to grasp that kind of love and power. And he's praying to God because God's love and power are so unlike the love and the power in the world. He can't give endless illustrations from the world for you to know love and power. Instead, he draws you back to the source of comprehending God's love and power, which is the word in the scriptures itself. Paul earlier reminded us that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus as the chief cornerstone, because only the word of God and the word in the person of Jesus reveal true love and power, the kind of love and power that will actually make our lives fruitful and the church fruitful. This week at Alpha with the elementary students, I loved one boy held up a Bible and said, okay, is this the word or is Jesus the word? Yes. Okay, I get it. Um, yes, and confusing. And let me let me attempt to put these together so that you've got the, the source of a definition of what really is love and power. The Bible is the word of God, the revelation of God given to his people through story, through interaction with people since time began. And then his spirit gave more than 40 authors that inspired words to write down so that Over the 1600 years in which the Bible was written, those stories are kept alive and we get to see just how consistent God is in his love and his power. He is relentless in his pursuit and his love of people and in the demonstration of his power to save them. God initiated relationships. He introduced himself by forming individuals into a people, giving them a place and showing them how to live holy lives in his presence. His The definition of God's love is steadfast and pursuing. His way of love and power proved to be too different than the... Um, than the demonstrative ways people were seeing in the the world. So consistently, people turned their backs on his way and embraced the practices and the governmental structures and the religious structures of the world. And God, in his love for people, super consistent, relentless, sends them judges and kings and prophets to save them, to remind them how to be a people with a place and in God's presence. And then people, the cycle just continues. They choose domination and self-indulgence again and again. Those are perversions of God's love and power. And so the cycle of the story is the experience of the curse of a fruitless life, a life without God again and again. And then God comes in pursuit and love to save them and show them a new way. That's the cycle that we see in the Old Testament. God's love and power come alive. And that cycle proves insufficient to actually change the human heart. So God came in the person of Jesus to show us God in the flesh. We saw his love and power embodied a different way. He loved people, all kinds of people. And he showed us what it looked like for his power to actually change the human heart. Often, his first encounter with people was one of simultaneous external and internal healing. The paralytic is forgiven and handed back his mat to walk out with. His love and his power come alive in people. And still, it wasn't enough. It does not renew. Those three years of Jesus's ministry does not leave every person on the face of the earth renewed. Jesus' life on earth proved to us that we need an encounter with a living God to truly be changed inside and out. That change happens at a proclamation of the word of God, the word that your sin is forgiven, and that by the power of the Spirit, you have new life. This is the depth of God's love. This is true love, love that would be relentless in the pursuit of disobedient and stubborn and self-aggrandizing people, love that would pursue us even to death in our place. And it is true power that takes the root to being king, not through conquering, but through death on a cross, not by a crown of gold, but a crown of thorns, not being enthroned on a throne, but on a cross. We have seen this true love and power. It is not make believe or a fairy tale. It is true and has been true in God himself. We saw it in Jesus. We continue to see it in the recorded word, the story of God. And when Paul gets in his gut, the renewal of God in himself, when he wants to see fruitful life in his people, his only response is to bow, bow before the king and the Father, asking him to do what Paul knows he is woefully incapable of doing on his own, getting the church to grasp the love and the power of God. Paul's a gardener, if you will, and he's after fruit in his church plants. (laughs) The fruit of the church being filled with all the fullness of God, not just jalapenos, tomatillos and jalapenos together make an epic salsa for the whole world. (laughs) He wants this fruit for the church. He wants the fullness of God, which is the fruit of a life bearing justice and mercy and love and joy and the dividing wall of hostility broken down and resurrection and knowledge and perseverance, all the fullness of God. So what does he go after? He goes after the roots of the church, grasping love and power. We think what we want is power and love to measure the success of our life. Paul says, oh no, there's so much more. There's all the fullness of God. And that deeply satisfying, fulfilling fruit is born out of roots that have the strength to grasp true love and true power that's growing out of our life with God. So for this reason... Because we want this flourishing life, all the fullness of God, not just for us but for our neighbors, we put our minds toward root growing. How do we do it? Well, we get breathless in our excitement about prayer. Note that Paul's way of tapping into a fruitful life for his church, it's not to preach a bullet point strategy for his church plants. He doesn't say, (laughs) this is a relief to me as a church planner. Paul doesn't come in and say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to start with Sunday morning. And then you're going to get all these broken people in. And so you better start with an addiction ministry. Divorce care group's a good idea. Don't forget about the benevolent system. And don't neglect just Bible study as you're going, right? He doesn't come in with that. Um, Paul knew... That his congregations were all going to have those kind of problems that needed addressing. Go read his other letters. He's definitely addressing all the serious problems that we have too. Stinginess, addiction, anger, weak leadership, infighting, lack of commitment to sexual holiness. Oh, I mean, he's going to go there. He's going to go there. But to set up fruitfulness for his church, he doesn't send out best practices of what's going on in other places. He doesn't say, as I saw on a sweatshirt on Instagram. I mean, I don't know if Instagram's stalking my Google Doc or what, but i they put up this sweatshirt for me to purchase that said, prayer is part of the business strategy. Excuse me? No, 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 no. This is the work he prays. I think this matters not only for us as we define the church, but also how you go about leading your team at work tomorrow or your household or influencing your friends. You want the fruitfulness in all of those spaces of God's fullness, his wisdom, his knowledge, his unity, his creativity. We want the fullness of a fruitful life. And it comes from deep roots. And only God is the one who can make them grow. Roots are underground. I would hold up my jalapeno plant for you at this point and get dirt all over your floor. So just enjoy that for a second because I want to show you the roots What's underground, whether it's dirt or our own selves, is visible and pliable only to the hands of our creator God. So he prays to the Father for deep roots, for strengthening by the Spirit. Can you put your hands on your knees wherever you are? If you're driving, you know, just use one. Let's be smart, right? But put your hands on your knees. You have any idea why I'm having you do that? Because it's very likely that wherever you are, getting on your actual knees would be socially awkward. So I'm just trying to spare you that, you know. Um, And on Sunday morning, we can get on our knees because we meet on a gym floor and that just hurts. But I want to put our hands on our knees as an act of grounding. I want you to remember that we are like plants in the ground. We want love and power. Those are understandable human desires. But they're not the fruit. They're the root work. You can't achieve it. Love and power to be found in your life with God in those unseen places. So let your hands on your knees remind you that just like a plant on the surface of the dirt, you've got roots growing underground. God is with you. When you have confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. God in his love has saved you. He saved you from a life that's marked by the power of sin and self-love. You have been transplanted out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Like a jalapeno plant moved, you have been renewed and you have a new source. Your inner being is not the same. Jesus has spoken forgiveness over all that remains hidden, motive, memory, wounds. I pray that you'd have the strength by God's spirit to grasp this so that Christ would dwell in you, that you being rooted and grounded in all kinds of indescribable love and power from God himself. He's working more than you could ask or think flowing through you, hands on the knees. Love and power from God himself is coming right to you. At the desk where you're sitting, the car you're driving, this has become a holy place. You are rooted with God in Christ. This is a genuine invitation from God right now. Don't turn this off without knowing that God is with you, without experiencing his love and power. Pray now, Jesus, I need saving. I need saving. You're offering forgiveness and a new life, an abundant life, and I want it. Come, Spirit of God, come alive in me. And, and this is an invitation for us when we collectively bow our knees before God, the father, the King, then we, my friends are filled with all the fullness of God. I want our church plant to be like an obnoxious blackberry system. Okay. We're in Washington You put blackberries out there, you can't get at the roots. Once it's in, you got fruit popping up all over the place, okay? When our life as a church is rooted in God's life, when we by his spirit are grasping his power and love, then his fullness, his shalom, as the word we like to use here, it just starts popping up all over the place. You cannot get rid of God's work through the church. What what could that look like? Well, maybe it could look like a house that's once been the drug house in the neighborhood burned out, becoming a place of ministry. Could look like God bringing pastors across denominations to pray together, setting aside even issues like women in ministry, putting them aside to pray together. We might see a a group of families buy property to turn into young adult housing. Teachers in Belfair start praying for young life. Neighbors start feeding their hungry neighbors, setting up more of those little houses of food all over the place. The mayor might knock on the door of the church to ask for help with housing instability. A gym owner might say to a nomadic church, we want you here. You see where I'm going with this yet? If you know the Kitsap House story, friends, these things are actually happening. We've been praying for four years over Port Orchard for the gospel to penetrate the cynicism and spiritual sleepiness. And guess what? The fullness of God is popping up all over the place. And you know what? That's just acknowledging how long we've been praying. When you get together with those pastors every month when we pray together, there are stories of prayer movements in Port Orchard throughout generations, just as God promised. There'd be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations for Ever and ever. Amen. This is not the work of Kitsap House. This is the work of God's Spirit. This is what He's doing. And we're participating and popping shalom up all over the place when we bow our knees before the Father in heaven. Have you seen our new sweatshirts? They say here for a reason. Paul says, for this reason, for the sake of the world, seeing and knowing for themselves the fullness of God. That the world might have the strength to grasp his love and his power. For this reason, he is bowing his knees, hands on the knees. We're here and we're praying and God is growing the fruit of knowing him. I'm calling you to be committed to prayer this week. As you're checking off the box, leading the team, parenting, walking the neighborhood, I want you to grow with God underground. Keep those hands patting on the knees, reminding yourself where are you rooted and grounded? You already have the love and the power that you're looking for. That's underground work in your life with God. And what's popping up is the fruitfulness of a full life. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. Before you turn this off, leave your hands on your knees and talk to God. Do you believe that He is King and Father? Do you want him to renew you? Invite him to come and to be with you. And as you go around your own community today, would you pray that God would strengthen us all to grasp his true love and his true power that the fullness of God might come to your community Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. You have been listening to a Kitsap House podcast. We are located in Port Orchard, Washington with in-person worship every Sunday. For more information, go online to kitsaphouse.org. Don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend. Thank you and God bless.